impact on the American people that year. Mostly, I was reading the OTR Digest. Mostly, nobody found a, re a good recording of it. If if a record, it was Crosby introduced it on Christmas Day, 1941. Yeah, I've heard that on the Kraft Music. Club. Yeah, I have not seen the recording or anything to verify that. Mm-hmm. They recorded it in May of 42, yeah. though, for the record. On Bob Hope's birthday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, um, it was a, uh, oh, by the way, I heard he played Fred Waring's version of the Night Before Christmas song, the one played on Fibber McGee. Right. And I didn't know that Fred Waring had a version of that. Uh-huh. The same melody that the Kingsmen used. Yeah, I think King Darby arranged it. They give, I have heard them give King Darby credit for the arrangement. Right. The one thing missing was, is he gone? Is he gone? You know, you, you just Teeny. get to hearing that every year, you know, Teeny. when Teeny would say that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, let's see. What were some of the others that made the list? I didn't realize. I was, I was listening yesterday to the film again, Maui, uh, the Christmas card. I, get, I, get, I sent that to Patricia, uh, and I was listening to Teeny version of Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. Oh, and, that's a nice. And there was some extra. It was an extra verse. Yeah, it was different. I didn't realize how much in 1949 they went ahead and had the different lines and different versions in that song. Yeah, there was, there was a line about something about don't you worry about you know if it's foggy. Uh huh. Know, Rudolph will be on the drive. Words to that. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, that was a nice version. I mm -hmm. thought. You know, one thing. Uh, oh, uh, have you ever played Patricia the House Party Christmas Show? He, she might really enjoy that. No, I've never done that. I'm working through a set of CDs that Ron in Hawaii sent to me with Christmas shows, and they're just loaded with ones I have never heard. But he sent me easily 15 discs, so wow. it's going a while for me to get through these things. But my goodness, what a collection. Well, you'll enjoy it. Well, maybe Wallen can email it or, or uh, send it to you. He's, it's a... And I sent it to him. It's the house, Art Linkletter's house party from Christmas Day of 1963. Yeah. Okay. I think you'd enjoy it. Connie Haynes and uh, uh, who are the other singers? Jane uh, Russell and Bill Davis, yeah. We're, we're, we're guests on the show. And as well as some of Art's family. And there's also a Gary Moore radio show from that day. I think you'd enjoy both of those. Uh, so. Um, I trust you. Did you enjoy, you know, I enjoy, now, as far as Christmas stories go, I enjoyed both the Silent Night stories, both on the Hallmark Playhouse and on the CBS Radio Workshop, how the song came about. Mm -hmm. The Grinch, the Grinch, the Grinch. Yeah. <laughs> You're a bad one, Mr. Grinch. I always... <laughs> I love the Grinch. Yeah. It was, uh, and of course, it was Phil sang the song, of course. Uh, Tony the Tiger, I think. <laughs> oh, hey. Maybe you can help out. Yeah. You are the encyclopedia of old-time radio. Yeah. Uh, Phil Harris had a song, Smoke, Smoke, Smoke That Cigarette. What broadcast did that appear on the Phil Harris Alley Face Show? Well, I remember Tex Williams having the hit. That's right. Uh, but they, he did sing it on that show. Was it sometime in 48, 47 or 48? Yes. Yep. So you have a date. Let me think. Well, was it, was it, let me ask you this, was it before... Was it Fitch or Rexall? The Fitch or Rexall era? Jim, if we I, knew, I wouldn't be asking. <laughs> I'm assuming it's Rexall. That's like, what is your order number? Yeah, I have not I have not heard that many of the Fitch bandwagon, so, and I think I've heard it on the Rexall. I'm going to guess maybe October of 48, maybe November. I don't know. 
Okay. I've never heard it. Uh, him sing it. Maybe we never, maybe never recorded on the air. Yeah, that could be. Heard it on a show. And I was very surprised when I heard it. It was a song I was familiar with before I heard this show. So it really caught me up short. I didn't realize the song was that old. So it, it's it's surely there. Well, no, it was done in 47 by Tex Williams. I guess in the 70s, Commander Cody did a version. Yeah, apparently it hit, uh, it was published and sung in 1947 for the first time. It was um, introduced in 1947, and Phil had a top-of-the-chart version for five weeks. Wow. So I started, to, and all it said was 1947. It doesn't give me a date, and at least that would give me a hint of when he hit the top, because when he hit the top with the, the song The Thing, mm -hmm. I mean, he just pushed that unmercifully on the show, and I would have expected to find something in a show that either referenced it in addition to the singing of it, and I haven't come across it yet, and I'm just, you know. <laughs> of course, another one he really pushed in 1949 was The Old Master Painter. That was a fairly big hit uh, for him. Yeah. Also, Richard Hayes had the, the, the actual record on it. Did, oh, Richard Hayes did? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, I, yeah, I remember that because Andre, me and Andre played that once on their hit parade, your mm -hmm. hit parade recreation, mm -hmm. the Richard Hayes version. Yeah, yeah that was a, uh, and he, it had a, re Mitch Miller, of course, with the orchestration, it had a good, it had a fast orchestration to it, a wild orchestration to it, the Richard oh, yeah. Hayes version. Yeah. Um, let's see, I always liked, uh, did you enjoy, by the way, Patricia, both of those stories of how Silent Night came about, both on the workshop and on the Hallmark Playhouse? I don't remember which one sticks in my head, but I thought it was a dreadful performance. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It was the one with the kids going around, and we found it in this particular monastery, and oh, dear me. Oh, dear me. It was... Sorry, Walt. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, to be honest with you, yeah, I don't. I, I sorry, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you. You're not too well, wrong. versions are just the ones I, you remember. I need to, you know, I don't it quite. It was so sappy. It, well, I don't know what's wrong. It's, I haven't analyzed why it doesn't warm up to me. And, oh, it and, was it was just so sappy. You know, nobody nobody wrote the real story. I guess they I wrote. Like, I guess I like sap, and I do, but somehow the story was thick. Syrup, not sap. It was syrup. It was just sugar coated and overacted. It was overacted. That was one of maybe also analyzing the stories for me. How it was like a hit and run. It was like from one country to another country to another country. It it, it seemed like there was really no yeah storyline. It, it the story was so abbreviated that it became unbelievable. Well, if you compare, and I guess that's totally different if you compare it to, say, what you played last Sunday, that theater romance handle story. Yeah. Which was excellent, by the way. Uh-huh. You, you, you suggested that, so I played that, to figure, just in case not too many people heard. And I, when I went to the Handel Messiah concert this year, they had it in the notes, and he said that he wrote that whole thing in, I think, 12 days. Did you, by the way, I forgot to ask you, that song, the show you saw at the Nixon Library, was that a pretty good performance? Awesome. Yes. It was the best version I've ever saw, Handle Messiah. 
and free, and they have it Thanksgiving week. It started eight straight years. It was a awesome, and I got to sit next to base guys who sing bass, so I could hear every single word that in that song. So it's, a, it's a massive, it's a massive musical oh, work. Oh yeah. And you've probably heard it several times. You probably have a lot of it memorized, right? What where things should be and how they should be done. No, I mean, a lot of time when you go to live concert, they don't do the whole thing. Yeah. They don't do highlight passages. So I've often sort of wondered, and I think if you order it on the CDs, um, you, you a lot of time you get it's a bridge. I don't, and I think on the CDs it's actually a. I don't have it, but I think it's like two hours, two CDs. I, I don't, don't know exactly how much it the traditional handle Messiah. Well, I know the version you played, the Ronald Coleman version, was very good. Yeah, wasn't that good? Yeah. Very good. Yeah, I always like the. Uh, uh, now the three Christmas stories that Charles Coswell wrote. Did you enjoy the Littlest Angel Lullaby of Christmas? And there was a third one he wrote, uh, the small one of, the, of those three stories. Which was your favorite? To me, it's the small one. Yeah. Yeah. I like the uh, Bing Crosby version. I grew up listening to that, so I, I'm partial to that. Walden. But the Lullaby of Christmas was very nice. Yes, Patricia. I am going to fall off the screen because my phone has been beeping okay. uh -huh. for about 20 minutes. I've been hearing it, yeah. Yeah, so I need to say good night to everybody. All right. Okay, well, Merry Christmas, Patricia. Merry Christmas to you, Jim, and thanks for calling in. Merry Christmas, Walden. Merry Christmas, everybody, and we'll be back tomorrow. All right, everybody. The first time I've been on with you at sign-off time. Sounds good. Uh, see, well, I mean... Yes, this is true. I do have one thing to say that is unrelated to this wonderful conversation that you're doing. Yes. Right. The economy is apparently picking up because for the first time in years, I found two pennies in the gas station parking lot tonight. Oh, okay. All right. Congratulations. Thank you. I mean, that's that's a good sign. And we'll see you. We'll talk to you. Listen to you tomorrow night. All right, Jim. Okay, thank you. Good Thanks again, Walden. All right, Jim. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, we're going to take it to the automation system, everybody. Good night, Patricia. Good night, Walden. Here we go, everybody. The party's over. It's time to call it a day They've burst your pretty balloon And taken the moon away It's time to wind up The Just make your mind up The piper must be paid The party's over The candles flicker and dim You danced and dreamed through the night it seemed to be right Just being with him Now
everybody, it is Christmas night, 12-25-2011, and I'm on shoes, and we're gonna call upon my, uh, talented co-host, Patricia, to be with me for a while tonight, and, but first, let's say our prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for the wonderful opportunity of being here on the station. Thank you for all the blessings we have to be in America. Thank you for our friends, our family, and our freedoms. Bless those who do not have those things. Help those people around the world who are struggling so bad with so many issues, Lord. This is emotional, spiritual, wealth, war. Look after them, Lord, if we ask. Thank you for coming down and being born and giving your life to us. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Alright. Well, I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas. I did. Gonna continue to the mall. And that's good. That's extremely good. Here is Bing Crosby. Silver bell. It's Christmas time in the city. Ring a ling. Ring a ling. Hear them ring. Ting a ling. Soon it will be Christmas Day. City sidewalks, busy sidewalks, dressed in holiday style. In the air, there's a feeling of Christmas. Children laughing, people passing, meeting smile after smile. And on every street corner you hear Silver bells, silver bells, silver bells. It's Christmas time in the city. Ring-a-ling. Ring-a-ling. Hear them ring. Hear them ring. Soon it will be Christmas Day. Strings of street lights, even stoplights, blink a bright red and green as the shoppers rush home with their treasures. Hear the snow crush, see the kids rush. This is Santa's big day. And above all this bustle you hear. Silver bell. The corner Santa Claus. Silver bell. Is busy now because it's Christmas time in the city. It fills the winter air. Hear them ring. You hear it everywhere. Soon it will be Christmas Day. City sidewalks, busy sidewalks, dressed in holiday style. In the air, there's a feeling of Christmas. Children laughing. Passing, smile after smile. Very soon it will be Christmas Day.
one is here. And she's there. Hello, Patricia. Hello, Walden. Merry Christmas. I'm very sorry. About what? Well, in one hour and 25 minutes, the day you have waited for since December 26, 2010 is going to be over. I have a reprieve, though. You have a reprieve? Mm-hmm. You're going to have another Christmas? Yes. With us or without us? It can be both, but I... We didn't open our gifts today. You didn't? Nope. What happened? My brother had to work extra long hours today. Now, excuse me, you were so good and you woke him up. I woke him up, but... On time, so yeah. that you could have gift time. Yeah, well, basically get him off to work. But you know that's very sweet that everybody is waiting for him. Uh-huh. Right, I, I need... He, he allowed his mother to open one person. I beg your pardon, I stepped on you. Would you say that again? He allowed his mother to open one gift. And she's the only one who got to open something? Uh-huh. So you don't know what's in your package? You guess uh -uh. you know about some radio shows, surely. You, could you get some? Well, considering I'm the, respond I'm the one that ordered them, yes. <laughs> All right, so I was right. You know about radio shows. <laughs> if they were, if and, I, and I know it's a music CD, so I, I, I'm good on some stuff. Is there anything left? I think so. Oh, good. I, I got okay. some other gift I have no idea about, okay. but you know. You can you can open them and say, oh, what a surprise, radio yeah. show. Yeah. yeah, thanks, Mom. Let me pick them out this year. It helps. I have something to say. The lady wants to floor everybody. Do I have it? And I don't see any votes out there, so it's yours. Hi, everybody. Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's well, Christmas everywhere. Our, our everywhere. This is. Yeah. It is. Did you have a good day? I had a great day. We, uh, you know, we, you and I stayed up as long as we could possibly, and then you, t you tired off, and then I went to bed fairly quickly. Dad was up. He wanted to see the possum box. <laughs> I have the history and information about fruitcake tonight. <laughs> so, so Dad was very curious. That was the uh, discovery of the hour. How was the family wanted to see the possum box? I have told more people that story, and I'm so sorry that I'm. I had. I I don't know what you would call it. We had. You know how much I love breakfast anytime. I know. So for Christmas dinner we had breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, we went to church, and then uh, with a small crowd, so the uh, pastor went over what popular toys were for each decade, uh, for starting in 1910, and asked the congregation to pick out what would each decade had the most popular toy. Then he went in and asked different members of the congregation to pick out what they what was their favorite toy as a kid. Oh, it sounds like he was listening to us. Oh yeah, so uh, so so, cute. so that's that was the uh, that was part of the theme today, and then we came home, and I did some Bible study, and then my uh, my aunt and uncle came over, and voila, the hundred and six dollar prime red was put on display. We have been waiting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And it was superb. Was it really? Oh, yeah. What did your dad do with it? He, he cooked it for three hours after preparing it for the last two days on Friday. And... Carrots. Yeah, garlic and, and salt, and it, it brought out all the wonderful flavors of a prime rib. 
and we have enough for another meal. I hope so, for $106, you know? Enough for company? Yes, you're welcome, the family welcome to come over. And, and so that's, so, and we had corn with the, uh, and, and baked potato. Oh, yum. Baked potato, and we had a fruit dish, thanks to Bill and Kim Bragg, and at the oranges and grapefruit from Texas. And then we had the traditional dessert for Christmas Day, which is peppermint ice cream. Yeah, that is the tradition dessert. And then mom started a new tradition this year, which I think you'll be fully approve of. What? She served a new goodie onto the uh, buffet table. Gotta be chocolate, something. Brownies. Uh, I knew it! Yep. Oh, oh, I yep. smelled them baking from here. Oh yeah, they were, they were cooking strong. And then uh, my mother had it planned to watch the, um, <clears throat> the Laker basketball game. Um, excuse me, I don't think I heard that. The Laker no basketball game. And no need to repeat. <laughs> and that was my, my mom got to open one of her gifts because my dad and brother went out and got her a, La a Laker basketball shirt. So she was... Oh, no, really? Yeah. She's a Laker fan? Uh-huh. How about that? Yeah, so mom got to wear her Laker shirt. And I think she's ready to burn it after the Lakers lost their game. But that's okay. That's okay. And my brother went to bed right away, so we're going to wait until tomorrow to open the remaining gift. Santa Claus did come. I haven't opened my stockings, but all four stockings are filled. Here by the chimney, with care. Uh-huh. So I haven't looked inside to see what Santa left this year. Pretty nice. It's, it's, I'm still in my mid, I'm in my mid forties, and Santa, Santa still comes to visit. That's pretty good. He does, for heaven's sake. I mean, the yeah. poor guy treks all over the. <laughs> Hello there, you're on the air. Good evening, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Merry Charles. Miss Charles, how are you? All right, and you? I am fine. You sound wiped out. Are you talking out? I'm always wiped out. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well. I think I was I think I was born wiped out. <laughs> what kind of a day did you have today? Uh, quiet and peaceful and remembering day. Excellent. I vote day. for them every year. Well, uh, Walden, on, you know, Walden knows because you know, and because uh, I talked to them the other night. Uh, both my parents are gone and it still hits me on holidays like this. So. Is it? Oh, I'm sorry. So not. Yeah, people always, you know, people tell me, you know, oh, get over it, get over it, you know, but... No, 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 yeah. no, 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 well, no. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm over it, yes, but it's like holidays and that, it's... Sure. I just, I just tell people and that, I remember the good times, you know, it's like... Mm -hmm. And you get wistful, and I understand. I understand. I told, so I told Walden the other night, I said, that's, that's why I listen to you, you keep me sane. Thank you. But you know, what, am I, what else am I going to do, sit in the corner and dwell? You know, mm hmm so, no, you're going Don't to... help either, you know. And talk. Oh, yeah. And talk. <laughs> dirty words, that's what. You're going to say dirty oh. words. I know it. What are you going to but, say tonight? Well, I'd call you and bug, bug you, you know. Uh -huh. And what are you going to say? Well, I wasn't going to say, but Walden brought it up. I watched that game, too, and well, it was a... It was, well... We were disappointed. We thought they had it in the bag, but there they go. Well, yeah, then they fell apart. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I knew you were going to say dirty words. Oh, it's only one game, you know. Going to get punished. I am I am in New Jersey, but I'm a Laker fan, so. Ah. Uh, You're going to get punished. 
by Santa Claus, huh? We have a new, I mean, Christmas is over. You guys just cannot cut loose because Christmas is over. Santa keeps the list all year long. Christmas is over? Who said Christmas is well, over? Well, no. Christmas really isn't over. Not with me. Being, no, the, I meant the being good part is over. If you haven't been good by now, it's too late. But, 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 but. You have to be good starting now for next year, though. That is exactly right. Now, you mentioned that to Charles. <laughs> I plead the fifth. I'm never going to be good. I don't want to be mother here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got, I got a good, clean joke. Well, I'm so glad you started out with adjectives. Well, nice to know it's clean. clean. Yes. It's clean. It's clean. I, I better tell it now because I might, I'm might. i surprised I haven't forgot it. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, every snow in it. I, I know right, it. Okay. All right. Now, okay, here we go. I'm ready. What did, okay, what did Della wear? Wait a minute. I don't know. What did Della wear? A new jersey. Oh, man. <laughs> That's good. Very good. That's Carl. good. <laughs> well, not when you a CD, but that was good. That was good. Well, I heard I was browsing through the television channels earlier. Uh, you know, I was watching a basketball game, so... ...commercials all the time. Mm-hmm. basketball game so commercials all the time mm -hmm. commercials all the time mm -hmm. and I, I flipped on are you a smarter than a fifth grader and Jeff Foxworthy said that and that was after 7 o'clock Eastern. I said, oh, God, I'm never going to remember it. Well, good thing you had it written down. Well, you, I didn't write it down. You, you, you did a good job. How could you forget New Jersey? I mean, really, Charles. You would have... I like to sometimes. You would have been escorted out of the state. Uh, I can move down to Florida. Well, let's not get carried away. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. My goodness. Okay, so... um. What do I, what do I, does anybody want to know what the theme is for tonight? Sports. And, Charles, get a grip. <laughs> this is, we are preparing for next year. Santa is back, he's, having, he's a little tired today, but the elves are watching. We made it home in time for the basketball games. They're listening. <laughs> they do have the Santa tracker coming along. Yeah, okay. And there's football on now, too. And they're taking notes. <laughs> See who's naughty or nice? All right. The All theme. right, I think we've got Charles quieted the down. The theme. The well, theme well, of not, the I'm day. I'm not bugging about the other theme either, so. This, this is going to be a rough year. Yes. Yes. I um, think that's almost over. No, oh, that's right. Well, I'm, th I'm thinking about the the upcoming year. Oh. My, I'm just so messed up. Well, well in, the in the words of the uh, Carpenters song they had, we only just begun. Uh-huh. We've only just... Uh-huh. Isn't that scary? <laughs> when Charles talks <laughs> and he's only just begun... Yes, yes. I'm, yes. I have to brace myself. I'm... All right. Well, I'm going to figure out a punishment for you next year. <laughs> yep. Going to be punished. You're going to have him mail the CDs out. Now, that's a thought. Mm-hmm. 
This is cool. This is really cool. Okay, we've got... We have a peculiar theme for tonight. Oh, boy. Well, we wind up all the time asking, what was the best gift? What was the worst gift? What's the one you wanted to give away? What was the most peculiar gift you ever got? And I got one. If you want me to give you a head start, I'll tell you what I got one year for Christmas from an aunt and uncle. Because I don't remember what the heck I got. I don't think anything I got was peculiar. Okay. Well... Was this on your mother or father's side? It, well, it, it, they were actually very close family friends we called aunt and uncle. Got it. Okay. And they were very good to us. They were the ones who used to bring me to see Santa Claus. Uh, you know, I mean, they, they really were so they, good they, to us. They were, the, they were basically your godparents in a lot of ways. Okay. Uh, yes, they were adopted godparents. There you go. Great way to put it. Yeah. You're absolutely right. So, now, I, I don't know how or why... They came up with this. I suppose they may have shopped at the remainder table in a bookstore, meaning these are the ones left over, and if you don't buy them, you can pick them out of the dumpster in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> they gave me a book, and the title of it was Savage Papua, a Missionary Among Cannibals. It was about the headhunters in Papua New Guinea. Well, maybe they figured that was going to be a future career of yours. Well, if they knew I loved to read, but why in heaven's name they would give that book to a child is beyond me. And it's still up here. I checked it. It's still up on Amazon. Uh, um, I mean, all right, so that's my most peculiar gift, a book about headhunters, Savage, Savage Papua New Guinea, and the subtitle is A Missionary Among Cannibals. And I have to tell you that at eight years old, I did not read it. Have you ever read it? Since I have never read it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I just couldn't bring myself to read it. I may have even been younger than that. It, it might have been a great book. I wasn't any older than eight, that's for sure. Mm. And it might have been a, a great book. Had a, you've had it ten years and you haven't read it yet? Uh-uh, not true. You know, for, for, for so a, a, bit, an eight-year-old kid... To get that kind of a... She didn't, she didn't hear that either. I know. She did. You notice how, how deftly she avoided it? Well, he was no. paying you a compliment. Thank you, Charles. Okay. You didn't even hear it, see? I, I certainly did, but okay. I'm just kind of sidestepping it. I think, coming to think of it, the pe peculiar gift I ever got was clothes. What kind of clothes? Well, any clothes, because when I was a kid, I expected toys, you know? And who gave you clothes? Oh, some family member. I think... Socks and, socks and shirts. It's mm -hmm. like, I feel like saying, what the heck do I need this for? I want Oh, toys. man, that's the kind of stuff you get before you go to school in September. Yeah. It's like, I want toys. I don't want clothes. But, uh, toys. Yes. I, I think, at least but, my family, you can always count on some of the gifts being some, some form of clothing merchandise. Yeah, I mean, and I'm, I like that. Uh-huh. I like that. But, you know, when you get socks and underwear and you're 10 years old. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It. it just doesn't make it. Yeah, I so see I'm that. looking for... But, of course, if it was a sports jersey, that would have been all right. Uh-huh. I get a grip, Charles. <laughs> We're going to have a long year here. So I am looking for something as... I want you to outdo my peculiarity of a book about a missionary who lived with headhunters and cannibals. Oh, me? Eight-year-old kid. I just... It baffles me to this day. Well, they must not have wanted the book, I guess. I will they didn't like to... me for a while. I don't know. 
We'll pass I mean, on to Patricia. She's going to be a writer, so we'll give it to uh -huh. her. <laughs> but, but, you know, they knew that I loved to read, and I think, they, I think they just did not understand what the book was about. I don't think they spent any amount of time with it. They thought it might have been a geographical perspective, you know, almost like a National Geographic mm -hmm. type book. And it wasn't. They were talking about cannibals and headhunters and, ooh. So anyway, that's that's my peculiar for the night. Walden, have you ever gotten a peculiar gift? I can't think of any. My, my brother has, but I can't think of any. Thing personally. You mentioned your brother's gifts one time. What yeah. was the peculiar one? I forgot. Uh, he gotten two from the same relatives. <laughs> they love him. Uh huh. A tire gauge. <laughs> right. <laughs> a tire gauge. Yeah. And the next, and a year before that, with a bread maker. And uh, were those the, the the exclusive gifts? I mean, it was not. Yes, from them. From them, it was. And. Yeah. Buy or something like that. Yeah, from them it was, yes. It was the only gift. Yes, from them. That was it? Yes. How about that? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Charles, I'm going to open the phones tonight. We have exactly... Um, 40 minutes. 40. We've got 40 minutes before Dr. Mike comes on, and, then, and we're going to take some phone calls. And, and then, then will be back. Michael Beal will yeah. be back. Right? Yep. Did I have that right, Walden? You'll be back right after Michael Beal. Right after Michael Beal, but we've only got 40 minutes right now, so I'm going to ask you your trivia question up front quick, okay? Okay. All right, here we go. Oh, my goodness, what, what happened to this? Now, I put in a whole bunch. Well, you can't have them because I've got the wrong day up here. <laughs> Hold on. Don't go away. Don't go away. I got stuff. I got stuff. All right. Simple. Then question. Uh, fruitcake. Um, 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 okay. Who rode, who rode a horse named Diablo? Why does she give me difficult questions? Oh, Charles, they're only hard Where's if you the, don't know the answer. Diablo, that's got to be a, uh, sure ain't the Lone Ranger during Gene Autry. Uh-huh, you're, you're good. This is good. This is, we've, we've got Oscar Levant on the other end here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm coming through. There's Oscar one. Through his routine, well. Now there's one I'm thinking of, but I don't know if that's the right one. It's not the March of the Wooden Soldiers, no. See, I told you I was right. It wasn't the March of the Wooden Soldiers. Good old Oscar. I've got some hard this questions might, tonight. It might be the first time I may be wrong, but I'm going to throw it out there. With the name of the the horse, he said, the only show I could think of would like that is the Cisco Kid. That is exactly right. You did good. All right. I'm not Googling. I don't, I don't Google anything when you ask. No, I know you. Well, with the name like that, I'm thinking, okay, that has to be something like that show. You know? That is exactly right. That was a good deduction. Good yeah. thing. Okay, you want another surprise, or did you decide you wanted something special? I like surprises. All right, you got it. So I'm on the like last night, last night, I, thought, I honestly thought you and Walden got a possum. Yeah. Oh, no. oh, the way it was the way it was going. It's like and oh, yeah. that gentleman from the car I forgot his name, but Harwood. You know, Harwood. He, he was real serious. And, oh yeah. Oh, he, I know. He can pull this stuff off. I tell you, I was a wreck. I really. <laughs> I thought I said, oh my God, she's gonna have a she's gonna open oh. the box and the possum's gonna jump out at her. Uh -huh. he, he would have been. It, I think Harwood has enough of a sense of humor and 
enough of an imp in him that he could have sliced up some ham and put it in there. Uh -huh. Walden and I would have gone, Ew, he really did it. Ew, it's possible. And tape a tail to it or something. Yeah, right. Well, he, he put mice in with the cheese. Why wouldn't he put a tail in? He was, he was, the way it was going, he was real serious. It's like, oh, my oh, God, he really did. No, I'm going to read the uh, the note later after we come back from Dr. Mike. So, so you give us a call after we get back from Dr. Mike. I've got surprise for December 25th, and I have a surprise for everybody tonight. And um, it's kind of, it's going to be kind of fun. So we'll talk to you later. Are you going to run in that uh, website? Are you going to stay up tonight? I've been staying up. Well, I know, but that's not. Just nice. because I don't just because I don't call every hour, I'm up. Okay, well we'll talk to you later. Then. Well, I was up till at least three this morning. So. All right. Well, I'm glad you hung in there with us. Let's see what you can do tonight. I'm trying. <laughs> okay, we'll talk to you later. All right. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good buddy, Charles, from New Jersey. <laughs> Charles got the Cisco kid. 714-545-2071. This is the warm-up show for Dr. Mike. Uh-huh. We're here. And the phone is awake. Merry Christmas. You are on. There. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you, too. It's, it's Ralph. Hello, Ralph. It's Ralph. Walden, can yeah. you turn me up a little bit? You bet. I can turn you up. Thank you. All right. How, you, how was your day, Ralph? Oh, good. It was uh, nice and quiet, I should say. So what was the main meal? We asked you last night, and oh, you didn't we had, know. Uh, we had pork chops and potatoes ah. and string beans. And um, one of our friends gave us a whole big platter full of uh, cookies and cake and stuff like that. Oh, good stuff. So how was the pork chop made? Was it What was the basing for the pork chop? Or was it... How did you, how did you wipe prepare it? Or did you, did oh, I, I did them on the grill. Ah, perfect. I do I do a lot of stuff on the grill. Oh. I really like that. Way to go! I think pork chops is a very fine choice. Oh yeah, they were great. Okay, you have usually we usually we have ham because I, I don't like the turkey. Oh, close enough. I mean pork chops, ham. That's okay. You're close enough. They're <laughs> uh, cousins, aren't they? Yeah. Well, they cousins. <laughs> <cousin. laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, they they are. They're cut from the same cloth. Ah, perfect. Yeah, perfect. Ralph, did you ever get a peculiar gift for Christmas at any time in your life? A picture of a gift. A peculiar, an unusual, or an odd gift. Oh, a strange gift. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think I. Uh, Ever got anything that I really considered strange? But when I was uh, when I was eight years old, I got a shotgun, That's which is unusual but not strange in my family. Oh my! A shot! But you were in the you weren't even in farm country or anything. Oh, at that time, we were still in New Jersey. You were still in area, okay. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's way out there, isn't it? All right, that's when you uh, learned... Oh, yeah, well, we lived in pretty much of a countryside area. Uh-huh. You know, my, my dad is uh, 80, and he he could, uh, he could learned to shoot with a shotgun with threat and go hunting by eight, nine years old. I mean, for yeah. that... You know, kids grew up in the 30s and 40s. That was respected. They was res they were trusted to handle firearms. Yeah. Yeah, well... I got this thing when I was eight, and I already had three years of training. Oh my! <laughs> so my father was my father was really into that, and um, he wouldn't let you pick one up unless you knew what you were doing. Yeah. 
So that was your training camp for my mistletoe? Hint, hint. Yeah, yeah, I learned how to draw feet on the, on the mistletoe. Hint, hint, hint. Is my mistletoe growing? You know, I, I, I still haven't got up there. Uh, I got I, I got one tree that's got a whole bunch of it. I just have to have to get myself up the hill. Oh gosh, what binoculars will do? Do you have binoculars? Yes. Oh. I have I have a lot of binoculars. <laughs> so maybe you could check it with binoculars. I'll take a look tomorrow. Yeah, do that. We're not going to be here tomorrow, but I'll expect a report. Me email. You're giving us a day off. No, you're not going to be on? Oh, I'm disappointed. I know. Yeah, I thought you two were going to take over the whole station. Well, I think there is a movement afoot, but... Um... Yes, we've, we've, we're getting recruited at, from the outside, not the inside. The inside doesn't, doesn't reply. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't mentioned that this was a good idea. They, they just want to sign us up for a stiffier contract, but they haven't given us more days yet. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> oh, I had something I wanted to tell you guys. What? Remember uh, two weeks ago, I think it was, Harwood told you about the crows? About that they would, if they saw blood, that they would uh, attack? Oh, they were blood crows, yeah. 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 Murder, murder. Well, the ch chickens will do the same thing. What will do it? Chickens. You're kidding. No. They're can't, they, they, I don't know, the things I read about it said they were cannibalistic. And if they saw blood on another chicken, that he was as good as dead. Wow. Cats, a shark? This is a shark with feathers. Yeah, and, and listen to this one. They made glasses chickens, hard <laughs> glasses, so that they couldn't see the blood. They, they, they kind of look like little sunglasses. That's amazing. I, are you joshing me on this? <laughs> I knew you'd think so, but I, no, I'm really not. Well, Let's see if you can find it. Uh, you're going to send me out looking for sunglasses for chickens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what, no. Ralph, that's what Ralph's going to send you for Christmas next year, the pair of glasses for the chicken he said this year. No, you run, you run an internet search, and everybody who has access to internet information will know that I'm looking for chicken sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think they call them sunglasses, but they look like sunglasses. And they, they were, the lens that I saw was reddish in color. How do they keep them on they, the chicken? They mounted them on the chicken's beak somehow. I mean, ears, I don't think. Do chickens have ears? Chickens don't have ears. No, they don't have ears. All right, well. well not, not that you can see any, you know. For sure they can hear. They put little sports straps on their glasses. Uh-huh. This is a hoot. And I'm, as you were talking, Harwood said we've got a gaggle of geese and, um, uh, you know, a pod of whales. And it yeah, was a murder. A murder of crows. Yeah, that's right. That's what he said, and and you're telling me we've got killer chickens. Yep, carnivorous chickens, cannibals. What made like a, that book you had? Would have made a great movie in the 1950s. Uh, yeah, they're gonna they gonna go with your in your what's your book? Ralph said. <laughs> Savage Papua, yeah. a missionary among cannibal chickens. Okay, let's see. So I have to put in chicken and sunglasses? Uh, chicken glasses for chickens? I don't know how you would put it in. Um, 
Oh my gosh, there they are. <laughs> As the guy said to the chicken when he gave him the glasses, see? This is unbelievable. There is a company. All right, hold on. All right, National Band and Tag Company. Let me see. Chicken. Where is, oh, chicken's not found. Let me see. We've got to get a cash site here. Don't go away. Don't go away. No, no, no. Oh, provide our customers with the best source of identification. Oh, you know, images. Chickens wear sunglasses. Chicken sunglasses, question marks. Peepers, jeepers, little chicken sunglasses. Amazon. White <laughs> chicken with yellow sunglasses. Chicken eyeglasses, chicken sunglasses. Yeah, I, you know, are these jokes? <laughs> no. Because they got pictures of chickens here with sunglasses. Yeah. It says. I, I saw a pair of them. I don't know how they keep them on the chicken, but <laughs> there's a there's a metal uh, a metal piece in the middle that the lenses are attached to, and that's what they put on the chicken's beak. Well, here is an old. Oh, see, that was the correct company. Here is an old ad. I don't have any idea how old it is, but it's got a picture of a chicken. Yeah. It's eye guards. You know, they, they put it on their beak, so I guess they can't. How do they eat if they can't see, for goodness sakes? Okay, let's see. <laughs> this is the National Band and Tag Company. Gosh, our family comes. Uh, Frank, uh, Frank, Ralph. You win the prize for the year. <laughs> it's a pretty good one, isn't it? Yeah, okay. The National Band, B-A-N-D, and Tag Company in Newport, Kentucky, had an ad, Stop Cannibalism, with National's new anti-picks. And they, they kind of just sit like little pince-nays on, on the chicken's beak. It's, right, that's, that's how they look. Yeah, National's latest contribution to the poultry world marks a new epic. Uh, the, the print is really tiny here. Let me see if I can blow it up. No, does not. Well, maybe. Let me see here. Um... I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to make it, oh, here we go, yeah, I, I was trying to make it a little bit bigger because the ad picture was very small. Okay, let's see what we've got here. Ah, latest contribution to the poultry world marks a new epic in the control of the vicious practice of pick-out cannibalism. Ooh. <laughs> Quickly and easily attached, anti-picks is the most successful mechanical device for controlling this costly and common evil. This is an evil. Wow. Okay, anti-picks is simplicity itself. With head erect, a bird is rendered colorblind by the red celluloid shields, cannot detect raw flesh or blood. When the head is lowered for feeding, the pendulum-type shields swing forward. They're right. on little hinges. Providing yeah, they flip, they flip fl forward and back, yeah. Yeah, providing clear, unobstructed vision of objects on the ground. Antipix is of aluminum, heavy-gauge celluloid shields, strong, durable, absolutely rust-proof. Do chickens stand out in the rain? <laughs> <laughs> really, do, are chickens, are they okay in the rain, or do they run away from rain? Well, I, I don't really remember that much, but I don't think they have any problem with it. 
Well, it's got stainless steel attachment pins and the post-paid prices. A style 160. I don't know what the different styles are. It doesn't have them here. Oh, this was invented in 1939. Isn't this cool? 160 of these little puppies. I'm sorry. It's, it's item number 160. 100 of them cost three dollars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. I'm assuming that this is probably a 1939 ad as well. Okay, these small glasses with red lenses were designed to be held on a chicken's beak with a coffer pin through the nostrils of the birds. My gosh, this is as bad as what the animals... Oh, dear. <laughs> as a cannibalistic animal, chickens are provoked by the sight of blood and will peck at each other, eventually killing off much of the flock. These red lenses prevented chickens from seeing the red blood and calmed their behavior. Boy, we have a lot of people in this world if we put these things on them. These have, not, these have not been manufactured for many years, and we do not have any available for sale. These glasses are now considered a collector's item. I wonder what the chickens think. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Ralph, this is... All right, you've got the, you are the king of peculiarities. Patricia, I don't think you're prepping for, to, to know about sunglasses for chickens tonight, I was you? not prepared for that. <laughs> I didn't prep. I need to save this thing, though. This is really good. Listen, just when you think you've seen everything, oh, it pops I, up. <laughs> I don't know if it works with everybody's computer, but you can drag and drop pictures. When you come across a picture on the Internet, mm -hmm. Like this ad here, if you hold your cursor down and just drag the image over to your desktop, you will, on, an, on a PC, you'll be instructed to do one extra step. Ah. On a Mac, it'll just automatically save as, um, as a JPEG. Not everything. Once in a while, they're locked. They've got, uh, they're, they're a little sensitive about having people do that. But for most of the photos that are up there, you can just drag and drop, and you will have a copy of this thing. So I now have a copy of Stop Cannibalism on my, on my desktop. Isn't this incredible? And you could buy a hundred of them for $3. Oh, you got a big bang for the buck in those years. Oh, yeah. Yes, my goodness. I, I mean, this. I have to tell you, this is about the stupidest looking chicken I ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, not, you know, it's like they're not known for it, being philosophers or anything like that. Yeah, you know, it's 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 a, it's a rooster, and I think it it looks like it should be in a library. You know, show me the show me the dictionary. I'm ready to read. I mean, they look like little glasses. Yes, they are little glasses. Poor chicken. And after going through all of this, people ate him anyway. Oh, yeah, people. Yeah, they don't have that for people. People have no class, right? Uh, if we if we could have these little glasses with the hinges and everything so you could see your food, but it calmed everyone down, wouldn't we have a wonderful world? Yeah, I, I just, I always wonder, who in the world ever thought of such a thing? I don't know. <laughs> where did it, where'd the idea come from? Who in heaven's name would sit down and say, I'm the one who invented them? <laughs> Probably Fibber McGee. Sounds like something he would do. It sounds like something Fibber would do. I thought you were joshing me. Uh, I know you. I figured you'd think that, but that's really, uh, that's the real McCoy. Okay, everybody, you got to go out and look for chicken glasses. <laughs>
This is good. I learned so much from you folks. Oh, oh my goodness. I never knew about chicken glasses. Neither did Walden. No. We have a couple of candidates in our lives who could benefit from, from chicken glasses. <laughs> this is good. This is good. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? Yes, ma'am. All right, you want a song or you want old time radio? Christmas song, Christmas music. Mm. Mm. Ralph has such a good grunt. I know. Mm. He's been working on it for a long time. Me strong. Mm. <laughs> good. I just multimedia. Mm. Good. <laughs> but, uh, multimedia? I don't have. Is that what you said? No, I said, mm, good. Oh, mm. Mm. Yes, you're strong. Mm. You have to you have to work on your mm. Oh, oh, okay. Mm. I can do it. Oh, one night when the neighbors are gone, I'll do an alligator call for you. I can do oh, it. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah, it, it's, I will lose my reputation as Sweet Polly. <laughs> it's a bull alligator that makes noise. The females do not. Oh, nice and quiet. And all of a sudden, she... <laughs> <laughs> we got a we got a thing here, uh, you know, moving to the country, uh, and you hear all these different animals in the woods. And uh huh. My neighbor, you know, was telling me, oh, you know, that's a that's a woodpecker and that's a squirrel and such and such. And all of a sudden, we heard this loud shriek, and I said, "What in the world was that?" He said, "That's a Dave." Dave is a guy that, that lives here in town, and. <laughs> <laughs> he drives around every once in a while. He lets out a howl. An unusual form of wildlife in your hair. Yeah, that's a Dave. That's cute. Well, maybe you could get some chicken glasses for him and help him. I don't think so. Think it'll work. He sees he sees the world uh, through different eyes than we do. Yeah, well, that's, he needs chicken glasses. <laughs> oh, Walden, we're going to have to go a long way to beat this one. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was really a stopper, and I, I, I meant to tell you about it last week, but I forgot. Well, I'm so glad you saved it for this week, because we really appreciate a laugh on Christmas night. This is good. Okay. In the famous story, A Christmas Carol, yes. often it is often referred to as Dickens' Christmas Carol. Yes. What is the meaning of Dickens'? Dickens, uh, Charles Dickens was the author, right? You are very good, sir. Yes, you are. That is right. And you didn't... Yeah, have... I heard you talking last night saying that uh, Tiny Tim, that there was some... Uh... Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It was everything except Fat Albert. Let me see what we've got here. Hold on. Tiny Tim. Tiny... Okay, Tiny Tim. The alternate names that Dickens considered were Little Larry, Puny Pete, and Small Sam. Puny Pete? Puny, like, yeah, Puny. Yeah, hi. I'm glad he settled for Tiny Tim. There would be a... That sounds superior, yeah. Yeah, um, Puny Pete. I, I don't know. Tiny Tim is fine. It's <laughs> nice that he was into alliteration. You know, he had the two L's, the two P's, the two S's, and then he wound up with Tiny Tim with two T's. That's a very musical name. All right, am I into surprises with you, or did you decide there's something special that you would like to have? 
surprise me. <laughs> then I won't have to groan. There we go. Okay, there we got two surprises, two nights in a row. Okay. All right, are you going to be up for a while? Uh, I should be, yeah. All right. You know, uh, in my case, uh, uh, even when I go to bed, I have the radio on, so I, uh, I wake up at odd hours and I still hear you. Very cool. Well, Walden is going to cut away in about 15 minutes to Dr. Mike, so maybe you could give us a call after Dr. Mike finishes? Oh, I'd love to. Okay, do that, and we'll talk to you later. All right, folks. Thank you. Super right. Bye-bye. Ah, good Look, stuff. Looking for peculiar gifts tonight, and I really do have something very special that even Walden doesn't know about. Super. Yeah. I mean, that's unusual when Walden doesn't know about something. Next month, the Saturday Night Gang is going to have a new feature. Hey. Oh. Starting, 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 well, a, starting for next year. Starting for next is going to be the person who buys them for us. So let's, who do we have on the phone, and I'll give you the rest of the details in a minute. Hello there, you're on the air. Ma'am, you're going to have to leave with that chicken. We don't allow chickens in the library. <laughs> <laughs> You've never had a chicken in the library, Dan? This is... Only, only in a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> you have what? <laughs> He said, have I had chicken in the library? I've had chicken in the bucket. bucket, yeah. <laughs> in the bucket, yeah. All right. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. It's going to be a long night, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, too. Thank you. How was your, um, day? How was your day, Dan? Uh, very nice. Very nice. And yours? I heard you had prime rib. Yeah. Prime rib costs the plate of the huge house, and we have leftovers. So we're expecting everybody to come over tomorrow. We'll be there. Yeah. We'll be there. And did Patricia have a turkey TV dinner? Was she? No. Been? She didn't? No. Oh, man. Honest to goodness, had a breakfast for dinner. My sister is here, and we just, you know, kind of hang loose type stuff, and I picked her up. She's visiting from Alabama, and I picked her up, and I said, what do you want to do? She said, I don't know. What do you want to do? I said, I want to get breakfast, and this was like 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And she said, terrific, and we have Perkins restaurants here, and they were open today until 8 o'clock. They were open until 8 o'clock, and we got there probably about 5 o'clock, and she had breakfast, and I had breakfast. I love breakfast any time of the day. So I had three eggs over medium, hash browns, bacon, iced tea, and coffee. Oh, and toast. I had toast, too. That's pretty good. So that was my that was my Christmas dinner, and it was so good. I have not had a breakfast like that in a long time. I hear dead silence there. Everybody's saying, "What?" I think that sounds good. Walden is always so generous. I think it sounds good. Well, it was Perkins. for us. We just had a good time. Yeah. Perkins are good restaurants. Yeah, I I don't even know if we still even have a Perkins out. I think. It was a national change at one time. Yeah, it, I, I know that a lot of the restaurants mm -hmm. are cutting back on the numbers that they've had. I mm -hmm. mean, Waffle House is down to slim pickings, and they used to be all over the place. But this was pretty good. And we, we had a one 
you had to be there experience. You know, when I tell it to you, it's not going to be as funny as it was when we were there. My sister smokes, and she was never allowed to smoke in my car. But I've got a rental car, and they've got these little no-smoking stickers on the inside of the car. So anytime she wanted a cigarette, I had to stop the car in a parking lot somewhere. She would get out, have a cigarette. So, we, of course, we went through this routine at Perkins. But on the way out, she had bought a chocolate eclair. So she's got this chocolate eclair in a, in a little bakery bag. And she's making fun. I'm sitting in the driver's seat, and she's, she gets to the car, and she puts everything on the seat. And she said, now, don't sit on my eclair. I said, I promise not to sit. I'm in the driver's seat. I, I promise not to. And she finishes her cigarette and opens the door, and she said, ow, I pulled a muscle. And she gets in the car and sits on her eclair. <laughs> so her eclair is a little flat right now, but... It, it was humorous to have to pry this thing out from uh-huh. her. Wait, did it survive the squash? Well, you know, it, it it looks like it it probably went through Harwood's <laughs> treadmark. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was good. So, Dan, did you ever get a peculiar gift for Christmas? Uh, I got four and a half pints this year for Christmas. Of what? Well, what do you think? Possum? No. Preserves. <laughs> or of what? Preserves. Preserves. Oh, yum. What kind? That's not peculiar. I, I got some pear butter, uh-huh. which is like, you know, apple butter, but made out of pear. Uh-huh. I have some bread and butter pickles. I have some squash relish. Ooh, that and, sounds good. Yeah, and I have some sweet and sour pickles, too. Uh-huh. Oh, and, and some um, blackberry jelly. And you got to take these home? I got to take them home. They're in my kitchen Ooh, right in there. This is good stuff, but that's not peculiar. That's wonderful. Well, I don't know. Peculiar, yes. I don't know of anything I've really... I've always been very happy with what I've gotten. Well, um, you could be happy with it, but if it's peculiar, it could still be peculiar and you could still love it. Yeah, that's true. I can't think of anything offhand. Walton's brother surely at one time or another needed a tire gauge, but... I can just re- I can reassure you that he didn't use this one. He didn't use this one? Mm-mm. Why? Uh, I see we just take it down to the gas oil station and have them work at it. Oh, 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 he, he is not a do-it-yourself kid. No. Nah. Okay. Yeah. I can identify with that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, his tire gazes, he, he have always had a, a a fondness of sport cars. Uh-huh. And so the tires and these things really need to go and have a, you know, somebody who's got oh, the right equipment to okay. look at. Oh, okay. So we've, we've, all right. Yeah. We have wire wheels out there, too? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? the, Whoa. They're big, they're oversized sport tires. Got it. Yeah. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay, not sports car, but sports tire. Uh-huh. Got it. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. So, Dan, I have a question. Sure. Tell me about squash relish. I believe, I don't know the recipe, but my sister-in-law made this, and I think you just use, uh, it's a mixture of just cooked squash and, like, vinegar and sugar, and I think that's about what... I think those are the main ingredients. Uh-huh. I, I haven't tried this, but she said that she found the recipe and she made it and she really did like it, so. 
How interesting is that? Uh, is, is the squash... You know, when when you cook squash, if you scrape it out, it gets it, it's kind of mushy. The squash the squash is not something that you can cut up in cubes like apples. Cooked squash, yes. anyway. Uh -huh. yes. Is it is it in bits and pieces or is it smooth? It's smooth. It it looks like a it looks like a jelly. So you would spread it on maybe a sandwich like you would use mustard and relish. This relish just happens to be smooth. Yes, yes, oh, yes. Ooh. Okay, your job is to taste it and let us know. I, I will. I'll let you know I haven't tried it before. But, uh, you know, she makes good jams and jellies and all that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to get this stuff. Or, we'll give her an A-plus on that one. Oh, yes. All yes. right. That, that is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really interesting. Um, do, you, do you can or do you... I used to. You used to? And, and, and I mean, certainly not in a big way. I, I would wind up with, you, you know, you, you plant a garden with this little image of having a fresh, to, a fresh tomato on the table at night. Mm-hmm, yes. And, and you wind up being able to feed the fourth army. So, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you, you get one tomato plant, and if it's happy where it's planted, my goodness, it will just keep you in tomatoes in the neighborhood, too. <laughs> so I, I used to uh, make pickles. I liked pickles, so I, I used to make a lot of pickles. Um, what, what kind of pickles did you make? Uh, bread and butter pickles and oh, dill pickles. Yeah. Now, see, I'm giving away yeah. my, my um, domesticity. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I like to hear the different recipes that people, you know, use. Oh, my goodness. It, it's been a while. I don't even have jars any longer. But I've, I've got um, an ancient, and I do mean ancient, Amy Vanderbilt cookbook that has some, and it has. I still have this book. It's probably 148 years old. It has some of the wonderfulest recipes you have ever tried. So I can copy some. Are there particular categories that you, you would like to see Emily Post's version of? No, I, I don't believe so. Um, <laughs> we 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 have our own recipes and and you know the family recipes. And yeah. All. I, I just I know we. Have you ever tried to can cauliflower? No. Okay. I've had we used to we used to try canning cauliflower and it would turn dark. Mm. Do you remember Fruit Fresh? I remember hearing about it, sure. Okay. Fruit Fresh is what you would put in there. It's some kind of chemical or it's some kind of... Right. And it keeps... That, that keeps, uh, you know, food from turning dark, you know, like oh. peaches and things like that. And I told my mom, I said, you know, you use Fruit Fresh to keep the peaches from turning dark. Why don't you try it with cauliflower? And would you believe it worked? It did work. <laughs> it did work. But <laughs> so we ended up canning cauliflower and, you know, pickling yeah. that, so. Like I pan a toothpaste for, for, <laughs> for... <laughs> <laughs> this is good. This is good. Well, I, I wasn't expecting that you would use the recipes. I haven't looked at that cookbook for a long time, and I just thought it might be fun to see what kind of recipes. I mean, really, this is an old, old book. This is, I would guess, maybe the 1930s or 40s, and that's just a guess. I haven't opened it in a long time. So it might have some fun recipes in there. Maybe I'll, I'll dig through it this week and see if there's anything fun that I can talk about next yeah, week. Yeah, we can figure out what to have New Year's Eve dinner. We can have a recipe, what Patricia would 
fiction the uh, in the in the cyber cyber New Year's Eve meal for the family. Or yeah, or or what um, Amy Vanderbilt would have. Uh huh. I'm surprised she wrote a cookbook. So all right, we are two minutes away from Dr. Mike. Are you in the market for a question? Are you in the market for calling us back? What would you like to do? Well, I could probably try a quick question. A quick question. Let's get down to the bottom of the list here, and we will go with the song, Let It Snow, begins with, Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so... what? Delightful. Very good. See, Lovely. <laughs> I'm going to have to get harder questions. Everybody is so smart. It was written in 1945 by Sammy Kahn. Is it? Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. all right. Yeah. See, that's, there goes our encyclopedia. I get fun. <laughs> I, I get the fun of doing the information and, uh, you know, just the fun stuff, and he has to do the task of giving us all of the educational material. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, as of this week, I owe you Lou Costello. No, yes, Lou yeah. Costello and Monitor. What do I need to put on your list? That sounds fine. Oh, what else do you want me to choose here? No, that's what's already on your list. Okay. What else would you like to have? What do you want me to add to your list? Do you have any Bill Stearns? Um, oh boy, do I have Bill Stearns? Yes. yes, I do. And I had his I had his uh, producer on the show last Sunday. Oh, did you really? Yes. I must admit, on Sunday. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right, a week ago tonight. Yes. Uh-huh. So I had a producer on. So we talked a ton about Bill Stearns history, and we're gonna replay that on Friday, July uh, the sixth after uh, salute to Robert Easton. So. So people yes, who I do that. have a good file of Bill Stern sports newsreel, and I will. That's it. Thank you for asking for that. Um, people haven't asked for that recently, so it'll be fun to send that out. Today they were playing on our local station. Um, they were playing some old time radio shows. Oh right. Yeah, and I don't know who was really producing the show, but. They were they played Bill Stern's um, show from Christmas, and I'm not sure what year, but it had uh, Joe Lewis on the show oh. reading, I think, the night before Christmas, really? or one of, of the Christmas classic you know, stories. Really? Yeah, it was pretty interesting. So now I have to go get my Bill Stern file and uh, check it out while yeah, we're... Yeah, okay, I know, I know the one in 1945, the Christmas one is with Ezra Stone, Henry Aldrich. Doing the story, uh-huh. uh, but I haven't heard the Joe Lewis one yet. So all right, well, wow. while while you're talking with Dr. Mike, I'll pull the Bill Stern file, okay, and see what I've got on the on the disc. That will be fun. Okay, give us a Great. call later. Well, give us a call later, Dan, and I'll fill you in on what I found. All right, sounds great. Okay, Merry Christmas. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye bye. Bye bye, Dan. All right, we're gonna duck out. Patricia's gonna go stretch while I get to work for her for a little while. And we will be back. Hopefully in a half hour, give or take a few minutes. Yeah, around midnight. We will be back, and I've got the rest of the story about what we're going to do every month. All right. Okay, I'll talk to you later. All right, Patricia, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, let's get ready for Dr. Mike, everybody. Here's Laura Bing Crosby.
beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. Take a look in the five and ten, listening once again with candy canes and silver lanes aglow. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Toys in every store. But the prettiest sight to see is the holly that will be on your own front door. A pair of hopper-long boots and a pistol that shoots is the wish of Barney and Ben. Dolls that will talk and will go for a walk is the hope of Janice and Jen. And Mom and Dad can hardly wait for school to start again. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Everywhere you go There's a tree in the Grand Hotel One in the park as well The sturdy kind that doesn't mind the snow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Soon the bells will start And the thing that will make them ring Is the carol that you sing Right within your heart It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store But the prettiest sight is Of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know Where the treetops glisten And children listen to hear sleigh bells in the snow.
Merry Christmas plus one, everybody. Merry Christmas, that's right. We're six minutes after on the East Coast. Santa arrived here first, and Christmas leaves first. Was Santa good to Patricia? So now Walden has to start preparing for December 25th. That's right. And 12th. I'm all excited. <laughs> Why doesn't that surprise you? I am all excited now. Doesn't that surprise yeah. us? I guess you always with me year-round. I know, I know, and you know it does for me, too. I want to mention, before it jumps out of my head again, I got an email from Ray in Chicago who said he listens to us, and if he's up pattering around at night, he tunes us in, and he hopes one night he'll just pick up the phone and say, hey. I was thinking about you today, Ray. I was thinking maybe getting Shirley Mitchell on sooner than later, maybe sometime in January, if we don't, if, if everybody's schedule will work out, because just for him. He's Shirley Mitchell fan? Oh, yeah, he loves Shirley Mitchell. He's a, oh, okay, I, I remember he had, yeah. I couldn't recall which one it was. Yeah, he missed, he missed her, her the day when we did the Fibber McGee and Molly salute. Oh, no, well, she was ill that day. Yeah, I know, so I'm just thinking we might want to get... Unable to with us for very long. I don't know if you saw the article today in the Old Time Radio Digest. Uh, we, we lost our friend Robert Easton, who was with Patricia and I on the Fibber McGee and Molly special. And in the Old Time Radio Digest... I don't know if you know, saw the article to see how big his collection of books was just on languages. Take a guess how many books he had on different languages around the world. I, I wouldn't even take a guess. Are you sitting down? No, I, I walk around. I know you do. I, yes, I'm sitting down. And his private collection, just on languages. You know, dialects and languages around the world. Now, these these are ones he has written, or ones he these these are ones in his it was in his personal library. In his personal collection, okay. Four hundred thousand. <laughs> Do they need anybody to help sort them? <laughs> I was talking to uh, Bobby Bruzzi. I was letting her, her and Frank know, and. Uh, that Robert passed, and she said, you know, I knew, she went to school in Alabama, at Auburn, uh-huh. and she said, I knew Robert Easton knew his stuff when he explained to me there were 16 different versions of language in the state of Alabama, uh-huh. and demonstrated it all to me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Remarkable I, man. Yeah. He was a remarkable man. I'm sorry we lost him. Yeah. So glad he was here, but yeah. I'm sorry he's not any longer. But he was ready to go. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's he with his wife, so that's good. Seven one four five four five two zero seven one. We're here. Give us a call. We are looking for a peculiar gift. You know, and, I, and it, it's gift giving time this time of the year. Yeah. 
But when I say peculiar gift, perhaps I should expand it and say, okay, uh, because somebody came to visit your house and brought a gift for you or for your birthday or for a special occasion, peculiar gift. And I think everyone in the world has gotten one. Some of them were so peculiar, we have forced ourselves not to remember. <laughs> well, maybe that's why they're not coming up. But anyway, hi, Ray. And... Um, do give us a call. I hope you're doing okay up there. We have another Ray in Illinois. We haven't heard from him for mm-hmm. quite a while. And Richard in Richardson, we have not heard. I've been thinking about you, Richard. You haven't. We haven't heard from you in a while. So. Oh, and there were others, too. Others, I'll have to too. make up a new hoot list for next week. Hoot, hoot, hoot. Now, so. you, now, you loaded on a special uh, surprise in the first hour. Uh-huh. Um, um, are you going to go in detail about this? I mean, can our family win yachts and world cruises or a limit to the bank account? There's a limit to the bank account. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm just grateful that there is a bank account. <laughs> I am charged with the shopping. Lynn Noyes suggested this idea, and I thought it was just wonderful. Oh, my gosh, Lynn. Yep, he said, if you do the shopping, I will pay for the items that you choose. So, what we are going to do, and Walden is hearing this for the first time as well, I'm going to keep a list for the entire month of the names of people who have called us. Now, your name only gets on the list one time, so if you call us six times during the month, (laughs) you're still on the list one time. Mm -hmm. And this gives uh, new people, people who have never called us before, an opportunity to call and say, Hi, this is Harry. I'm in Wisconsin. Put your dot on the map and my name on the list. Goodbye. So even if you don't want to talk with us, even if you don't want to say anything other than hello, as long as I have your name on the list at the end of the month, I'm going to throw these names into a bucket and pull one. This is just like a door prize. And whosever name comes out of the pot gets the prize. Now, do they get to select the prize, or that's where oh, Patricia goes? Oh, really, Walden? I'm having enough trouble with radio. <laughs> <laughs> you want to turn these people loose? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking. With this is what this is what we would. This, I was oh. flabbergasted when I said they get to pick the prize. The woman on the bank account. I mean, you repeat one of the earliest sentences. <laughs> One of the earliest sentences said, Lynn said, if you pick out the items and do the shopping, I will pay for them. Okay. Patricia is charged. You are Okay, okay. You are stuck with what I think is a nifty little item, and it's not going to be huge, but it'll be... Well, it'll be nice. Yeah, it'll be fun, and we'll do that every single month. And, um, oh, man, what a nice gift. Yeah, and I, I thought that was such a wonderful idea. That was so sweet of him to do that. So Lynn Noyes was one of our DJs. He lives in the Phoenix area in Arizona. He has not been well. He's had some health challenges, mm-hmm. and he notified Bill. I say notified. He called Bill. Gosh, it must be at least six months ago, maybe longer than that, that um, it, it was just he had so many things going on that he needed to pair out a couple of things. And one of the things that he needed to pair out was um, doing the recordings, mm-hmm. the, the radio shows, because, you know, it, it's hard to get your arms around the idea that listening to recorded shows from old-time radio costs these guys, and they're all guys who do this, 
costs them enormous amounts of time to put these tapes together, and it does. We've got people out there doing research. They give you bits and pieces of history about the shows, mm -hmm. about the era, about the actors. There are always bits and pieces of information. So they do the research. They have to set up their equipment. They have to time these things and get them all in precisely in, in the correct number of minutes. Choose the shows, give a theme, and it, really, it takes hours and hours each month for them to put these tapes together. So Lynn didn't want to let go of his participation by any means, and he has adopted Oswalden. So um, that's how come. Well, he's sort of been he's been a uh, a silent partner in the whole Saturday Night family, anyway. Uh huh. He's helped underwrite some things and done some. That's nice... right. He helps with the postage. Yeah. Um. The the CDs that go out, yeah. Lynn takes care of a good portion of the postage on that. Yeah. Like CDs and the envelopes, and he helps with the postage. So, you know, he's really been a wonderful supporter. He's and been a, a wonderful person. He 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 is responsible for a lot of the fun that we yeah. have on Saturday night. And then uh, we then occasionally we get little surprises from the family that helped out too. It it's a group effort. But a lot of it relies on Patricia. I have the easiest job. I get to get to sit here and run on, on the board and get be Patricia's co-host. He's he's a button pusher. <laughs> <laughs> Walden is a button pusher. Yeah. You know what? Mm -hmm. You're the neatest button pusher we ever had. Aww. Oh, Walden, what would we? Be, where would we be without you? Uh, have a lot more free okay. have a lot more free time, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See? Yeah. I risked my case. I know. I Your life has never been the same. Has it? No, my life certainly hasn't yeah. been the same. Since hey. Alden entered my life, it has not, not been, been the same. Hey, I just want to remind everybody, um, next Friday, Patricia's going to be with me Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So put that on your calendar, December 30th, 31, and January 1st. But next Friday will be a very special evening at 11 o'clock Eastern Time after Frank and I get done with our part. Patricia will join me live and we're going to have a special live guest. It's the anniversary 75 years ago where a 10-year-old boy played the bee. Flight of the Bumblebee. The Flight of the Bumblebee on the Fit Out show. And that started the most famous few-slash-running gag on radio where Fred Allen and Jack Benny exchanged remarks and ideas based upon this little boy playing the violin and Fred Allen saying that boy can play better than Jack and Jack whooping to Fred. Well, that little boy is still performing 75 years ago, 75 years ago now. Still very much alive, very active, and he'll be our guest. Stuart Keenan will be our guest a week from this Friday, December the 30th, on the anniversary when that whole thing started. And we will play the recording. That's one of the boxes. So I'm I'm very pleased to get my hand because that recording hasn't been floating around in the hobby too much. So you you this really is an unusual item that you've got your uh -huh. on. Yeah. 
Walden's paws are in this now. <laughs> so I'm tickled to death that we're going to be able to have Stuart on the anniversary and we'll have the recording to play too. So I think that's going to be a hoot. And then... Yes? After Stuart Kanan, we are going to have a guest, James Tuckwell, mm-hmm. who grew up in England. He's in the States. He's in California. And he is going to join us and talk about Christmas, holiday, and New Year's customs and foods and all sorts of nifty things that he grew up with in England. And we can get to ask him about that will be fun. Hello there, you're on the air. There's actually a, a real piano player who did the B. A real, a real violinist, yes. Wow, it's Maurice in D.C. Hello, Maurice. How are you? Maurice? Guess what, I, guess what I found today, Maurice. What's that? Oh, go ahead. Give a guess. Just one guess, and then I'll tell you. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Norris. I found a great collection of Mr. and Mrs. Right. Good job. And Mr. oh, my. <laughs> are we cool or what? We are cool. You're my personal hoodness as well. <laughs> That's pretty good. I'm glad Patricia found that much in a hurry. That's, that's I know. amazing. I, oh, I was such a good bunny. That's amazing. So what is happening in your life? What kind of a day did you have today, Maurice? I had a quiet day. I had family over here. Good. They came to visit. My um, cousin came to visit with her daughter. My daughter is in her her daughter is in her first year of college in Alabama. Mm-hmm. And they came to visit. I had dinner here with them. And it was very restful. Made phone calls all day. Because the rest of my family is all over the country. Uh-huh. And... So what did you have for dinner? What about the dinner tonight? It was a non... It was not spectacular. It was very regular. Good. Um... Not like prime ribs that <laughs> had. I miss that. Not like prime rib. Oh, right. (laughs) Nothing was like Walden's prime rib. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I joined joined in late tonight, so I was the prime rib. It was awesome. My dad was thrilled to death how it turned out. And I cooked for three hours this morning. And we sat down just before 1 o'clock. And we, we have leftovers. So... Everybody who's watching to me, you are welcome to come over tomorrow. I think it would be really nice if you overnighted some of them. <laughs> I think so, too. Definitely. <laughs> All right. That's two. Anybody who wants overnight service from Walden well, with it, leftover? You know, we, we are starting a new food service that we're going to download chocolate chip cookies for Patricia. We might get put the prime rib up there, too. Uh, you can, sure, you can. Next to that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Download site for chocolate chip cookies. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing. Good. An entree and dessert all in the same way. Yeah. Of course, of course. And <laughs> Maurice, I'm afraid you're going to have to bring the potatoes, though. I'll do that. Yeah. A baked potato is wonderful, and I like sour cream. 
Oh, I, oh, like I love sour cream. Oh, yeah. And I will do the sour cream because they were two for at the grocery store the other day. Buy one, get one free. Mm-hmm. And that stays for a long time. Sour cream stays for a long time. So I'll bring the sour cream. Now, do you put size on the sour cream or not? I don't. Walton. I know you by now. Everything is... <laughs> Everything it doesn't have lumps in it for Patricia. And no, my food does not have lumps in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's you don't handle then you don't handle cereal very well. Well, that's you know that's a bowl of lumps. That's, okay. <laughs> I don't I don't like lumps in my food, but a bowl of lumps is fine. Okay. I mean, corn is lumps. Yeah. I like corn. What's your favorite? You like- Maurice, what's your favorite food? My favorite food. Uh huh. Absolutely turkey. Oh, I love this man. <laughs> Good stuff. Oh. All right, you get two points, sir. Absolutely turkey. What do you hate? What do you absolutely not want to see on your plate when you sit down to dinner? Uh, porridge. Porridge? porridge. I have never had porridge. What uh, What goes into porridge? You said porridge, right? Yes. Like the... Uh, the British yeah. stuff that you cook on the stove type thing? Peas porridge, yes. peas porridge, coal type stuff? It's not porridge, it's just, it's more like oatmeal. Yeah. And we get it almost every day here. And after, it's an acquired taste already, as far as I'm concerned. Uh-huh. But um, after you get it for so many different days for breakfast, you're sick of it. <laughs> I, I told Walden the other day, and I was ashamed of myself for thinking that, that even chocolate after two or three weeks of a steady diet of chocolate would get tiresome. But I had friends that were part of the regiment that they would ha- eat a piece of chocolate every day and they kept headaches away. Oh, it, well, it does. It's got caffeine in it. Uh-huh. It's the caffeine. Oh. What, what a way to keep a headache away. Yeah, can you imagine a doctor right now has a prescription? I see, um, for a headache yeah. cure. I mean, uh, uh, two chocolates, four times a day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Take two chocolates and call me in the morning. Uh-huh. Is- I know, there's a, there's a funny story that's kind of off track. Mm-hmm. But I remember that I went to my doctor, and I was really kind of depressed. Mm-hmm. And I was working too hard. And this is back when I was working. Mm-hmm. And he said, Maurice, you need a girlfriend. <laughs> that would do it. And that was his prescription? I said, can you write that up in a prescription, Doc? <laughs> so I can justify it and, make it and get it off my insurance. Uh-huh. And then point me to the fulfillment house. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? That'd be quite, that'd be enough, something to send in your eye. Uh, this is my... Uh, Tax, this is my medical deduction because I had to take somebody out for dinner. And buy it's not a tax exactly. deduction. Yeah. a deduction, yes. <laughs> not a tax deduction for, for people. My ongoing medical needs. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is excellent. <laughs> we, we may have opened a new industry uh-huh. here. Yeah, uh-huh. I think. Oh, man. You are too funny. Well, are you in the market for another question? Now that I found Mr. and Mrs. North, you you don't have to worry about that one. And I do have another question, yes. You want another question. Okay. Um, are you into cowboys, comedies, music? What? When I say music, I mean Christmas music. 
Let's see. Either let's try Cowboys. I love Gunsmoke. Mm -hmm. No Gunsmoke. I'm on your side. Okay. Which cowboy? Which of our Western heroes had a little sidekick named Little Beaver? Red Riders. Oh, are you too good or what? Yeah. Hey, you got that one. That means you you didn't even pause on that one. You know. Even though I know this information, when people ask me cold, I go, duh, wait a minute. <laughs> so, you were good. You didn't even pause on that one. Okay, here is your list. And I have got, next to Maurice, I have got Mr. and Mrs. North. What can I put on the list for you? Um... I had a hard drive crash. Oh, no. One of the I lost was a six-shooter. Oh. If I can fix that. That's a great so, series. Great series. That was Fantastic series. Yeah. What else did you lose on, on the shows? What what shows that you really liked don't you have anymore? Um, Armist Brooks. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Would you be happy if I said Merry Christmas and sent you our Miss Brooks? Yes. All right. You've got our Miss Brooks. Merry Christmas, Maurice. All right. Thank you. You are so welcome. I'm yeah. happy to share. And then the next time you answer a question, I will ask you and tell you it's a New Year's gift. <laughs> Great. Nobody should go through life with a computer crash that ate all their old-time radio shows. So it's my responsibility to help fix it. That's right. Thank you very much. Oh, it is my pleasure, Maurice. I'm happy to, that I have the shows. Be happy to send them to you. It, I'm a little behind on sending out my CDs, but they will be there. I got you. I got your email today, so thanks. Okay, you. and thank you for the address. I appreciate it. It makes my life easy when people send me the address. <laughs> You know, I put stamps on the envelopes and then say, where do they go? <laughs> do not. I'm still missing a couple of addresses. So, All right. Well, Merry Christmas, Maurice. Thank you so much for calling, and I'm just delighted that you're back with us. Thanks. It's good to be back, and Merry Christmas to you guys. Same here, Maurice. Again, very soon. All right. I'll talk to you later. You bet. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 Oh, that's wonderful, Patricia. 714. Five four five two zero oh, seven one. If you haven't figured this out, we care about our family. So if you want to be part of the family, it's, it's simple. You know, the the adoption notices comes in real easy. You just gotta call seven one four five four five two zero oh, seven one. And what well, yeah. option? You know, I'm just good. I'm up for adoption, by the way. If he uh, wants to adopt me, I'm here. I know she's there, but you have to file papers. And it has to be reviewed, so that's, that's the only stipulation. That's, that's right. We, we have to go through an application screening process. Yeah. <laughs> Walden is on, on the committee. I'm on the, I'm on the board. So if you get rejected, blame Walden. There you go. 714 <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. And it's Mr. nice. Walden. All right, you want to talk about the General Mills Investors Club of America, and we are up to number 26. If David Beto is able to call in, he will do it personally. All right. But he said, oh, put me down. 
terrific. We're up to 26. What it is, um, one of my projects this year was to search copyrights to see where the copyrights of old-time radio shows. And most of them do not have copyrights, everybody. Just gives you the heads up. And I would try, try to track down Jack Armstrong. And it's, it's not copyrighted, so I went and tracked down the, the son of the creator. And he doesn't have it. I contacted the uh, movies when it came out in the 40s. They didn't have it. I was talking to Martin Graham, saying, you know, well, I've always wanted to do a book on Jack Armstrong. Years ago, there were 700 scripts that came available in private hands, and the gentleman who bought it uh, took them out of circulation and wouldn't allow anybody. And he said, you know, the way Martin works, he needs to see the script to help document the history of the show, besides looking through all the business records and everything to put together a book that she's happy with. And I called General Mills up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I did a, I got inside into corporate America and found out that General Mills has an archive department. And I got in there, and I talked to him, and I said, yes, we have the Jack Armstrong radio scripts, the minute papers, and the radio shows. And so I talked to Martin, and he said, I'm going to write to legal. I guess him, I found a contact person at legal, and see if he could get permission, because that's what Martin likes to do. And he's been accepted by other corporations. DuPont gave him full access to the archive for Cavalcade of America. So he dealt with archive, and he's, you know, written 20 books and archives open to him around America. And he made them an offer that's hard to refuse. He gave them uh, ability to review the book and turn it down after it was written. He also gave them royalties. And he just needed access to the material. He and he would pay for his own expenses to go up there and stay in lights and do whatever they need criteria to meet to, to be inside. And they turned him down. So we were discussing this and I he said, I'm gonna write to the CEO, he told me. And I said, you know, General Mills is a publicly owned company. It'd be best if we start to buy some stock and then have you write it would have more weight and he said I probably have a, sh a share of my mutual funds so we were contemplating this and I de decided oh, a few months ago to disclose this publicly what was happening and Kurt came up with the idea of buying stock having the family this yesterday USA family Put up stock. So between Kurt and Patricia came up with the idea, if we could raise enough money as a little group to buy one share of stock, and maybe the magic number being 50 because at the time we looked at it, it was turning around 37 dollars a share. And if we use an online, like my dad used an online brokerage house, we can probably get away with about 12, 13 dollars stock transaction fee. Yeah. And so we're figuring if we could get 50 people to pledge $1, we could have enough to make the run to buy General Mills. And then we could start 
the full-blown campaign of trying to rescue Jack Armstrong from the dark dungeons of being tucked away. Amazing that they have an archive and no access to it. Just amazing. It's like, this is mine and you can't have it. Nah, 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 nah. So anyway, we are going to have 50 people who share a share. Each one of us will have 2% of a single share. But Walden and Martin will be able to say at Yesterday USA alone we have 50 shareholders who are up in arms about this. They yeah. don't know that the share is a share. And <laughs> we're, that share is we're not And we're not asking for the money up front. No. We're just asking for a commitment. Just a commitment. Will you be willing to contribute $1 down the line? If we have 50 people, we can just proceed with this, and we now have 26. So if you are willing to commit $1 to this very important project, and it will turn into a very important project, please give us a call, 714-545-2071. I forgot to ask Maurice. Oh, dear. Maurice, when you call next week, maybe you would help us and commit a dollar to the cause. So we need 24 more dollars, and that translates to 24 more people to care enough about Jack Armstrong and Yesterday USA and join the family and have some fun while we're really doing something serious, letting them know that, by golly, you know. And we will have a public campaign campaign to get it out in the media, at least make an attempt. What's happening? I think this is CNN stuff. Yes. You know, with Jeannie Most, maybe. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> so we'll get some. We'll, we'll have, what's the, who's the guy who does the uh, Wall Street Week? Uh, Hugh. We can review. Yeah. Hugh, whatever the guy's name. I don't remember. I don't know. Whatever. Isn't that awful? I don't know. Oh, and you don't remember who. Yeah, I think he hosts a radio show on New York Radio now. Oh, well. I didn't watch the show too often, so that's why I don't remember the guy's name. Yeah. Anyway, 714. Get some coverage on this. 545 2071. Maybe we can get Jim, Jim Kramer to get on board. Who knows? What, yeah. Warren Buffett. Maybe we can ask Warren Buffett. Ooh, this would be good. <laughs> Warren Buffett owns 2% of a share of stock. man could buy the company. But this is good. You know what? He, wow. Could you do that? Could you arrange that? Your dad knew. Yeah, my dad knows. What, my dad went to school with Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett, yeah. I, I, yeah. Right, maybe. I wrote a public relations type letter. Yep. And a, a, an appeal. Yep. Would he contribute $1 to the cause? Yes. And I, you know, if we got Warren Buffett on board, wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> we could do that. We need, we need a solid commitment from the Saturday Night family in order to approach be a, Warren Buffett, a major stockholder like Warren. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to bypass Bill Gates and go right to the top. <laughs> this is good. This is good. Okay. <laughs> Warren Buffett will be part, will be a sound, he'll be the public face of the of the Jack Armstrong campaign. I can get. I it. mean, you know, maybe we could get T Boone also. Yeah. Yeah. Well, T Boone started to play basketball in the forties, so he would, would remember Jack he's Armstrong. Invisible now. We're talking T Boone Pickens. Yeah. And uh, he's got his alternate energy program. Mm-hmm. He is into wind power. Yeah. Powerful man. 
powerful man. Oh, he's into gas and everything else. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's the one, uh, correct me if I'm wrong mm -hmm. on this, he's the one who um, went around and put out the oil well fires. Yes? I don't remember. I, I, I remember right there who did that. The, the guy who actually huh? did that back in the Persian Gulf. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I'll have to look up. T-Boom. T-Boom. See, see if he's got hero status like I think he does. Yeah. Okay. I've heard him oh. speak on several sports talk shows, and he's a plain spoken straight shooter. He tells it from the hip. Boy, oh, he's gosh. He's, and he's fun to listen to. He's oh, yeah. sense of humor, and he, he comes up with these people colloquialisms mm -hmm. that are just charming. You know, yeah. absolutely charming, but they're so powerful. Oh, yeah. He gets a, He's a good speaker. He gets his message across. I found some Christmas history for you. All right. Are you ready? You bet. All right. On December 25th, the year 352, I looked up uh, Christmas history. Mm-hmm. And some of the stuff was, oh, ick, ick, who cares? But, I mean, who cares to me? The people obviously care because mm -hmm. it was all listed as mm -hmm. history. Mm-hmm. But according to this piece of information, and it looks like a pretty official site, but I can't send you there because I didn't copy this. Oh, yes, I did. I bookmarked it. The first definite accounts of the celebration of Christmas on December 25th occurred in the year 352. That's pretty good. Um, I, I thought maybe the 3rd century or so, 2nd, 3rd century. That's pretty good. Well, you know, we did, well, you know that's the, the first account of the observation of Christmas. Uh -huh. I don't know about it being on... We didn't have... The Julian calendar, we had no. the Justin calendar, so there really wasn't a December 25th anyway. That's true. I mean, and that's, I am, you know, my understanding is sure we marked that as a date. Uh-huh. That's my understanding. I've never done the research on it. But yeah. But. That's, a, that's good. Be that as it may, the year 352, and that's what you were asking for yesterday. That's right. Now, I wonder what, what culture did that. It must have been Europe, I guess. I don't know. Who knows? I didn't click. I didn't see any links to okay. click on. Okay. Okay. It certainly wasn't the United States. Mm -hmm. No. We were not even a twinkle, as people used to say. Ah, uh, yeah. We were. We were. We were not 13, We were thirteen hundred years away from that. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yep. Okay. On Christmas of sixteen forty-two, Sir Isaac Newton was born. The scientist. What we were up with the apple on his head? Yeah, we were up and running. We people were on the land here. Uh huh. We that's great. And we we had the pilgrims. Sure, I didn't. So the apple fell on his head, and there he was. And and instant gravity. Hello there, you're on the air. Hi, this is Dennis. Hello, uh, Dennis. You doing? Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. You too. What kind of a day did you have today? Well, I um. Girdled up my loins and braved the snow. Go to my mailbox. Uh huh. And I found a wonderful Christmas present there. What was there? Five CDs from Patricia. Alright! Oh my goodness, Dennis, it took that long to get there? Well, I think I told you before, it's hard for me to walk. So Actually, especially with snow and ice. Uh -huh. I only go to the mailbox once a week. Oh, this is a man after my own heart here. Okay, this is good. This is good. But um, I wanted to give you a piece of information, okay. but I'll form it as a question because I'm curious if anyone else knows. You know how I am about that. 
<laughs> you bet. Um, you were talking about chickens earlier, particularly vicious chickens. Vicious chickens and chicken glasses, yes. Hinges, <laughs> um, no less. If you really want to get scared, the UN did a, did a little study last year. How many chickens do you think there are in the world? Oh, dear me, an awful lot. Um, chickens. You know, I read this. Hold on. I bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good grief. Well, considering that guy keep up with Colonel Sanders, there got to be a bunch. Yeah, it, you know, it was like if chickens of the world unite, we're doomed. Uh-huh. Well, that's why I thought I'd just add this little scary touch. There are, according to this study, 19 billion chickens in the world. So that's three, that's three to one in terms of human being. I think we're up to six billion people. Yep. Three to one. We're outnumbered, everybody. They got us. Oh. oh. If you have a family of four sitting around the table and 12 chickens invade. <laughs> 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 We're really sunk, because apparently chickens are very vicious. Gee, oh. is. And I did have one other piece of trivia. This is this is just serious about chickens. Okay. Um, in regard to the um, chicken glasses. Uh huh. When I was a kid, we raised chickens, and from time to time, they would start pecking each other, and we always just put a little salt in the water. And they stopped. Huh. You're kidding me. Are you joshing me? No, what, what, the reason they peck each other like that is because they lack salt in their diet. Well, for heaven's sake. Wow. The, the, and the blood is salty. The, the articles and the information that's up there said that they go nuts when they see blood. Well, it is true if one chicken gets really low in the pecking order. Oh, now we got the, uh, okay. They, they go after that one. Oh, wow. Oh, it's And oh, what wow. we always did when one of them got weak or sick or something and, and got low, we just had a little pen all by itself and we put that chicken in there until it healed up and then put it back in with the rest and they were fine. Now we have the definition of pecking order. That's probably where it came from. Sure. How about that? Wow. Oh man, gangland bullies in the in the chicken coop. Oh yeah, there's there's always top chickens. <laughs> <laughs> we have top cat and top chickens. This is good. <laughs> Very good stuff. So you got your nail and you got your CDs. Was there anything in there that made you smile? I just got them today. I haven't listened to them yet. But you got the titles. Mm, I haven't even looked at them. I just took them out and I thought, God, these are really pretty. I'll accept that. I did get, um, I did get a wonderful present, though. What did you get? A, quite a surprise. Um, you know, I told you, I... I uh, help people learn English as a foreign language over in oh. Europe, and um, I do it through um, an anonymous, you know, internet conversation link. And well, my little buggers went out there and found my address. Uh oh. 
and they sent me this beautiful um, lamb's wool blanket for Christmas. It's absolutely gorgeous. Ooh, and warm. And soft and sweet. It's so nice. Oh, how nice. What a lovely gift. So you were asking for peculiar gifts. I was asking for peculiar gifts. That one is wonderful. Well, but it's also peculiar because they had to go and um, hack out my name and home address to send it to me. <laughs> shear the, the lambs? Huh? Did they have to shear the sheep? <laughs> Someone did. <laughs> oh, here's, actually, here's another piece of trivia for you. In the U.S., do you know how much um, a farmer gets paid for the wool from one lamb or one sheep? I don't, but it isn't a lot. It was on the news the other day. How much? He said $3.50. And that, I mean, just shearing a sheep is worth $103. Never mind the product itself. Yeah, I have no idea how they can break it. Well, and, and isn't cashmere, that's a sheep, right? No, cashmere is, um, is that alpaca? Let me see. I don't know. Because, you know... I think it's alpaca. That's, my dad loved cashmere socks, and so that's what we always... That's one of the things we give him for Christmas. And it's not cheap. No, it is not. It's not cheap. I think it's up to $40 for one pair. And it used to be five or six, you know. But it just amazed me how little, you know, the farmers get for, um, mm -hmm. for raising those sheep. And, you know, I've seen them shearing sheep uh, on movies and documentaries and so on, and that's not easy. Mm -hmm. They don't like to be sheared. <laughs> okay, and, and I guess I wouldn't either. You know, people hanging on to my legs and shaving my body. I don't think so. Yes, it is alpaca. And if I remember correctly, it is not only because alpacas are not indigenous to the United States, so they have to import them if they're going to even do this, but the wool is typically imported, and the animal is small. It's smaller than a llama. So, so it's not a sheep, it's just a, it's a separate animal. Oh, it is. It's a separate animal. Huh. So let me see.